We sure appreciate these front row guys here. Don't you think they should get some kind of extra credit or something? I don't know. <laughs> but even those of you that are a little further back, that's fine. Uh, I have one chapel announcement that I wanted to make, or one announcement before we got started. Uh, the gospel workshop and concert is coming up this weekend. If any of you haven't heard about it yet, we wanted to be sure the word got out. Uh, the workshop will begin at 8.30 a.m. and go till 3 o'clock in Page Hall. And for those of you who have not been a part of this before, you, it is open for everyone. And you just come and you learn some music. Um, what I understand is that even if you don't feel like you have a great voice, Diane somehow brings voice out of you that you didn't even know was there. And then there will be a concert that night at 7.30. It will be held down here in the gym. So there are two choices. You could either decide to be a part of the, the gospel choir and sing, um, work in the workshop, and then sing at the concert, or you can just attend it. If you're in the workshop, you get two chapel credits. If you come to the uh, concert, you get one, and it's kind of a fun way to do it. And actually, if, you, if you're at the workshop and come to the concert, you'll get three. So, so that's great. Today, we're having class chapels. And uh, when the president staff heard about class chapels, we were really uh, interested in participating in them because one of the things that we have been talking about as we um, discuss our roles at the college is how important it is that we are hearing from students. And that you have a sense of who we are and, and that we aren't just kind of these names that appear in the catalog or I don't know where you, uh, sometimes our names are just not even known. And so we thought it would be a great um, opportunity for us in a smaller setting to be able to share a little bit about ourselves with you and then to have a chance to hear from you. And so today you should begin to think about questions that you might want to ask us, either about how the college is being run, um, things about your experience. We would love to hear from you in terms of uh, what, what your expectations were, how they were met when you came to Westmont, any kinds of things that would help us to understand more of how we can continue to work with you to make this a place uh, that you will uh, feel have been, has been impactful to you for the rest of your life. And uh, maybe if I just start this off, I think I'm going to take a seat now, because now I'm joining the panel. I am Jane Higa. I'm the Vice President for Student Life and Dean of Students, and um, I have been here now for nine years. I also am a graduate of Westmont, and so my enthusiasm for this place really stems from the fact that I felt that I was really impacted as a person. I believe I'm a different person because of my years at Westmont, and that would be the kind of thing that I would hope for you. In many ways, my experience at Westmont was what led me into working in this field and now having a chance to be a part of your lives in terms of forming uh, programs for Westmont in order to enhance the education you're having here is something that I've really been enjoying. But I'm going to go on now and, and uh, I'll uh, let each person introduce themselves. We're going to start with Dr. Stan Gady, who you also have a little more contact with. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Give me some direction here, Jenny. <laughs> Introducing ourselves, right? Okay, we're going to introduce ourselves, how we got here, whatever. Well, um, I'm the provost, which is uh, something that remains a mystery to everyone, I know. Um, a provost is, is really an academic dean with a little broader responsibilities. Um, so when you, when you hear the word provost, think academic dean, because almost always a provost oversees the, the academic program. 
uh, which would include all of all of your courses, all the faculty, um, and anything else that's a part of the academic program. At Westmont, it also includes the student life program. So Jane Higa and I work very closely together. Um, so both academic and student programs are all sort of in one in one area of the campus. Um, and uh, so mostly what I do is just just uh, watch other people do all the work. You know, it's a great it's a great job, it really is. And then periodically to, to to look like I really have something to do, I speak in chapel once a month, and that's it. Um, I also graduated from, from Westmont uh, many years ago um, and uh, then went on and did my doctoral work at, in sociology uh, at Vanderbilt and eventually went to Gordon College where I taught for many years and uh, then for the last three years there I was the provost at, at, at Gordon. So I came to Westmont two years ago um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that perhaps later on. Uh, I came back to Westmont not for the reasons that, that people typically think. You know, when, when I decided to take this position, everyone thought there were probably two major reasons I went. One, because it's in Santa Barbara, it's such a beautiful location. And the other is because I'm, a, I'm an alum. Uh, and those are not the reasons that I came to Westmont. Uh, though I love the school, and uh, it was very important to me as an alum, and though I think Santa Barbara is just a terrific place to live, um, that there were there were much more important reasons that I came here. Uh, I think Westmont is a very unusual place, accomplishing a, a mission that very few other institutions are accomplishing. Uh, but I won't go on on that yet. Maybe a little bit later we can talk about it. I'll let the others introduce themselves. Steve Baker. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> I'm the vice president for development, and uh, some of you might wonder what is development. It involves uh, fundraising for the college from individuals and corporations and foundations. Uh, it also involves uh, our alumni and parent programs, so not, not all uh, fundraising activities. It also involves uh, public relations and basically our work in communicating uh, the mission and the values and the goals of the college to uh, those people outside of, of Westmont, people though who have an affinity or a connection with the college. And as hard as you might uh, find this to believe, there is a gap between how much it costs uh, the, what you and your parents are, are paying in tuition and room and board and that and how much it actually costs to uh, conduct the, uh, the work of the college and that's not unusual though it's, it's, there's a gap at Harvard there's a gap at Slippery Rock University there's a gap at hospitals uh, etc. Uh, that's not unusual at all and the way we primarily make up that gap is through uh, uh, many good friends of, of Westmont uh, alums and parents and others uh, that, that contribute on a regular basis. But in addition to that, if the college ever wishes to build new facilities or uh, buy equipment that's not a part of the budget or uh, develop some new programs, again, that primarily comes from uh, private gifts. And so in, in a very real way, uh, the support of many people that you don't know about uh, help make it possible for you uh, to be enjoying the, and I hope you're enjoying, the rich experience uh, of Westmont. And uh, we hope that uh, as you become alums in the years to come, that you will also have that love for Westmont and want to uh, support it in many ways, not just financially, but in, in many ways. We depend so much on our alumni and uh, active involvement both in prayer and in, in giving their time and, and also considering us to be worthy of their financial support. 
I'm an alum as well. Uh, my wife is too, and uh, a class of 84, both of us. And, it, and I've been very fortunate to be in the development or fundraising field uh, since I left Westmont, uh, first with a consulting firm and then with uh, two large universities before I came here just two years ago. And I know some of you may be thinking of uh, what you're going to be doing post-Westmont, and if you have an interest in uh, higher education or in fundraising and specifically, I'd be delighted to, to meet with you. Uh, my extension is 7156. If you'd like to give me a call, I'd be glad to talk to you more about what I think is a, is a wonderful field. Good morning. My name is Chris Call, and I'm Dave Winters' executive assistant. Let me say, first of all, how disappointed the president is. He couldn't be here today, but he did want me to clarify that there is someone up here who is to blame for the president not being here today, and that's Steve Baker. The president is up making fundraising calls today in the San Francisco Bay Area, which puts a smile on Steve's face. No, that's only partially true that Steve's to blame. The president also has been seeking very much to increase the college's visibility through his work on the uh, Accreditation Commission, the, the Western Association of Schools and Colleges. It's quite an honor for Westmont that he has been serving as the chair of that in recent years. And uh, you, know, you may not know the extent to which he is held in high regard by colleagues at other schools, and that really helps us in, in our reputation here, but he's very sorry that he couldn't be here. I do a little bit of everything trying to assist him, and particularly when he's gone, try to keep in contact with members of the president's staff, but probably particularly Provost Gady and Executive Vice President Birch. I'd like to follow up a bit on, on what Stan shared about how he ended up at, at Westmont most recently. I came just a little over two years ago from Willamette University in Salem, Oregon. I spent 11 years there. It is like Westmont, a liberal arts college, and uh, I served most of the time as assistant to the president there and had a very good experience. And when I came, made the decision to come down here, I think many people assumed, well, Chris is just returning to his roots in Southern California. Well, I, I moved down here despite the fact that the rest of my family was, was down here, but uh, it really was the draw of the wonderful Christian community that is here, and it's something that I have enjoyed so much, and uh, this has been a very fulfilling place for me to be. Good morning. Uh, my name is Dave Morley, and I'm Dean of Admissions, and um, my job at Westmont, it, actually, uh, I oversee a uh, staff of about uh, 15 people in the admissions office and financial aid office. And our job is really to make sure that there are enough of you and the right kind of you. And, uh, and uh, it's, uh, I, I have shared with some of the rest of the present staff uh, that uh, I think in the last year I've reflected a lot of, about my job and, and uh, what a privilege it has been. I've been in admissions a long time. I did not graduate from Westmont. I graduated from Whitworth College in Spokane. Then I worked there for a number of years after that, and um, then I left Whitworth and worked in the state university system here in California for six years before coming to Westmont. And uh, I, I think I knew from the very beginning <clears throat> that I was going to love this place. And uh, I remember thinking the first year I was here that uh, I don't want to ever take this for granted. I don't want to ever wake up one day and, and take uh, this privilege uh, for granted. And um, 
I don't think I have taken it for granted. I've, I feel I, I've had two daughters who have gone to school here. I think I've been impacted personally by this place. My family's been impacted by this place. And I, <clears throat> I also think um, I was sitting here just a minute ago thinking about you and, and your, your plans for your future. And uh, I, was, I was thinking that my wish for you is that you could be in a career that you wake up every day and you love going to work. You love your job and you love the people you work with. And I think about what a privilege it is to work with students and to be around students and to and prospective students and parents and to believe in the place that you you represent. <clears throat> um, well, we, we could go on and on with that. But I, I've counted a real privilege to be here and to, to work with you and to work with the staff that I have whose job it is to bring people like you here and um, uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a big job in a way. We need to be more diverse, and uh, we need to continue to be a high-quality place and to bring the very best students here. And it isn't just our job. We don't see it that. We hope people don't see it just as our job. And, uh, and, and in fact, if, if you were doing what we do right now, and that's reading a lot of files of students who are applying for next fall, one of the things that you'd realize is how important you are to our process, how many prospective students are thinking about coming to Westmont because they know some of you. And so, once again, I'd just like to thank you for that and to continue to say this place can't continue to be the place it is without people like you being excited about what we are and passing it on to others. So, thanks for being a part of all of that. My name is Ed Birch. I'm the Executive Vice President. I'm very late. My car is parked illegally on the parking lot out here, and I'm sorry. And I hope that you'll not tell Chaplain Bart Tarman. Marcia wants to talk to you. Uh, Ed. <laughs> oh, not Marcia. No, <laughs> never. Not Marcia. <laughs> I think you all know Marcia. <laughs> what a wonderful segue. Well, my responsibilities include Marcia. <laughs> I have responsibilities for the operations of the college, and I work with Stan Gady and the president and my colleagues to my right uh, in doing that. And what a special pleasure it is for me to, and privilege to be uh, here at the college. I spent uh, a little over 18 years at a very large university system, the University of California, and decided one day a few years ago that I wanted to do something a little more meaningful with my life. I've been in higher education for uh, a long time, all of my working career, actually. And I decided one day that it was time for me to begin to take whatever it is that I could bring uh, to this position or to these positions in higher education to an institution that clearly I felt would make a difference in the lives of young people and in our, in our society. My spiritual interests and concerns and, and thoughts about all of that uh, led me here to, to Westmont. President David Winter and I have been longtime friends, and our relationship dates back to, uh, to graduate school in Michigan. And uh, so one day uh, I woke up and decided I'm going to do it, and David Winter was there on the phone asking me to do it, and what a, and what a wonderful four years it's been for me here at, at Westmont. My dreams, my thoughts have really been, been fulfilled. And uh, uh, I can now feel that as I head off into the sunset into yet another career, and this graying hair will lead you to understand that, that statement well, 
I'll have, I'll have felt that uh, I will, in fact, have been a part of something that truly is wonderful. I hope uh, you all, and I'm sure that you all realize that it's a special opportunity to be at a college like Westmont. And for those of us that work and enjoy being with you, we feel that our society is going to be served significantly better with your presence when you get that job, when you move on and uh, into, into another day. Let me comment for just a moment on uh, what is special in my mind and the work that I do in addition to supervising the areas that I, that I work with. I'm concerned about the master plan for the college. And we're about the business now of really looking at our future and trying to determine uh, what it is that Westmont should be in the future. And we're busy uh, looking at uh, our space needs, our physical facility needs and, and, uh, uh, in particular. And uh, we have some very rigid restrictions within which we have to work here in, in Santa Barbara. So we're busily working uh, to uh, develop a master plan that will be acceptable to the county and the Montecito greater community. And uh, as well, we'll meet uh, our college needs for the future. Uh, Steve Baker uh, mentioned his work in development. And I hope that uh, through the master plan process, uh, we'll identify and gain approval to construct those facilities that we need to have uh, and uh, we can raise the money as a part of a capital campaign that we would uh, like to embark on in a few years. So that's special in my mind and uh, if there are any thoughts or questions that you'd like to ask about that, I would be very, very happy to answer. Yeah, Ed, do you want to talk just a little bit more about the master plan, what that is? Talk a little bit more about the master plan. The college has never been finished, and as you struggle to find a, a adequate space in your classrooms, as we struggle to find adequate space to serve your needs in, in, uh, in the dining commons, and as we struggle with triple rooms with, uh, in residence halls which were designed for two to a room, uh, you'll understand uh, my, my statement. We have not finished the college. And the master plan is intended to, in fact, identify those facilities that we need to complete to finish the college, and then we hope to raise the funds to be able to complete those facilities. We'd like one more academic building. We'd like another residence hall. We'd like a chapel. And we'd like other physical improvements that will enable us to not grow beyond our 1,200 students. And that's a very important point to remember. We have every intention of remaining within our 1,200 student population. We have every intention of continuing our Christian focus. We have every intention of continuing to be a residential college. So within those basic, basic parameters, we need to complete those physical facilities to accommodate our academic program. With the advancements in technology and the demands to begin to do more in technology through our instructional program, uh, we need facilities to, to accommodate that. So this is an attempt to update a master plan that was done some 20 years ago, reflecting on our past but looking toward our future, gaining approval from the county, and we're submitting this proposal to the county as we speak. We hope to gain approval from the county by the end of this academic year and then we hope to begin to raise the funds necessary to construct, to construct the facilities. Uh, and that's where our colleague Steve, Steve Baker comes into, into being.
We've had a master plan committee working on this project for the better part of the last two years. That's included student representation, faculty, and staff. So as we've looked at the physical needs, we've really tested our mission statement. And as a result of that testing, we've reaffirmed those critical points that I mentioned to you earlier. One member of our president's staff that isn't here today, in addition to Dr. Winter that uh, Chris mentioned, is Ron Kronk, and he's our vice president for uh, administration and finance, and uh, he is off at a conference right now, and so he's not able to be with us. But one of the things that I hope that you sense as you hear the introductions of, of these uh, people is how... Um, the, the gratefulness that they feel about being here. And uh, it's something that I share. It's a staff that as we work together, one of my things that I'm just very thankful for is being able to work with these gentlemen and the, uh, the kind of uh, spirit that they bring to their roles in leadership and, and to the kinds of uh, the, their heart concerns for students. Sometimes at some institutions, uh, the dean of students is the one who feels like um, that's the position that kind of has to hold the needs of students and always be brazing that with a group such as this. One of the things that I have enjoyed so much is that each member of the president's staff sees that their most important reason for being here is students and finding different ways that within their roles they can be working and contributing to the, the education that you're receiving here. One thing I realized that I didn't explain was just the departments that report to me, just if, in case you don't know, so you can have an idea of, of the responsibilities that, that uh, I handle. Everything from career and life planning uh, to the health and counseling center, the chaplain's office, the residence life program, the leadership program report to me. So one of the things that I am, well, the, the overall thing that I am responsible for is your experience outside of the classroom. And uh, I do that through staff, uh, through a lot of people who are doing great work um, in those areas. Now we'd like to open up this uh, time, the rest of our time, for questions. Uh, if you would stand and uh, introduce yourself, it'd be great if we had a name. Uh, and share a question with us. You can comment on uh, your experience, your... Okay, we have a question. Great. take the first one. <laughs> Why don't we have football? Um, football almost always loses money, by the way, so it's, it's, it's very rarely a money producer. It is at some institutions, particularly large universities, it's a very visible sport, and so they get a lot of uh, public recognition through it. Um, that's rarely the case for a school that, that is our size, however. Um, 
So um, it, it seems to me that, that the real question would be whether or not football would contribute to the, the institution um, in other ways. Um, the, the opportunity it provides for, for players, um, enthusiasm it brings, the other things that, that athletics do. And I'm not entirely sure why we've, which we've chosen not, not to go with football. Um, we, we did decide to emphasize in the fall um, soccer, for example, and um, a number of other sports. And, and you, you do have a, a limit on the number of sports that you can, that you can handle at any one time. My own opinion is that for a school of 1,200, it's pretty tough to have a really quality football team uh, without draining resources from other parts of the campus. And so I tend to think it was a good decision someplace back not to have football. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's one, person's, one person's opinion. Anybody want to take on one of the other two? Swimming pool. Why is a swimming pool pool too short? You know that, Dave? <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure I know the answer, uh, bec but I've heard the question asked before, and uh, the, the answer I've always gotten is that it was a mistake. <laughs> that uh, when the pool was built, it was a mistake was made, and it was supposed to have been regulation. Just, I, I think, and Chris might know more about this because he's a racquetball player, uh, but just like the racquetball and handball courts, uh, I heard they were tipped on their side or something by mistake. Uh, but anyway, I think the... Uh, I, I don't know whether anyone can confirm that, but I understand it was just a mistake, and when they got it built, it was uh, too expensive to change, and, and it, was, it was never changed. And the swimming, the swimming part of it, I, I have that question asked a lot, uh, and um, I, I think in some ways it's unfortunate that we don't have, have swimming. I also know that it's difficult to find teams to compete against, like I think Stan was referring to. Uh, many of the larger schools have swimming programs, many of the smaller programs do not. Uh, I have known students, good swimmers, who have come to Westmont and who have competed locally in local swim clubs. Uh, to continue their swimming as an option it doesn't help your water polo question. In terms of the question of cost, you know, why does Westmont cost so much? Um, that's always a relative question, uh, and uh, it's relative to other schools. Actually, Westmont does not cost a lot compared to the schools that we are like. If you look at at, at, at the high quality liberal arts colleges in the West and the East. Uh, they tend to be more than, than we are. Uh, Pomona, the Claremont schools, you go, go back east and, and look at Amherst or Williams or Bowdoin or those institutions, they charge more than we do. Those institutions also have much, high, much larger endowments primarily because they're older. Um, typically, the, the older the institution, the more money they've been able to accrue. The endowment, of course, then is, is are, are funds that you can use, the interest of which you can use, um, to, to help develop programs. So compared to those institutions, we're not particularly expensive, but we still cost a lot, and it's, it's a, it costs a lot to go here. Um, I think some, primary, some of the primary reasons for our costs are, A, the faculty, and I don't mean that they, they're expensive. I mean that we have more faculty than most, most colleges, 
If you look at the student-faculty ratio at other Christian colleges, you'll, you'll probably find that we have more faculty per student than most Christian colleges. In fact, I'm only aware of one that maybe has a slightly lower faculty-student ratio. Um, a second thing, I think, is the area. Santa Barbara is a very expensive area. You know that when you go out and you buy gasoline or food or anything else. And those costs get reflected in our costs. Um, it costs a lot for us to be here to purchase equipment, to hire people, and so on. Um, and um, I think a, a third general factor probably is the emphasis that the institution has put on, on people in general, both faculty and staff. Uh, Westmont has a, has a large number of quality people, and quality people um, have lots of options. You don't, you don't have quality individuals around because you're cheap. Um, uh, we all sort of work within a market. And I think the, the, the emphasis that Westmont has placed upon quality has also um, uh, borne a cost, if you will. Um, so th I think those are some of the reasons. Anyone want to jump in with others? Let me just add three very specific illustrations of what Stan has said. First of all, his point that actually Westmont uh, charges less than, than schools that are like us. There are actually 15 colleges in what's referred to as ICSE, the Independent Colleges of Southern California. And believe it or not, Westmont ranks 11th out of the 15th in terms of uh, total cost, tuition, room, and board, with one being the highest and 15th the lowest. So that's, that's one example. Another example of the cost of this particular location, we are... Uh, living under what's called a conditional use permit by the county. And just one of the restrictions that they place on us, as you know, relates to the number of cars that we can have on campus, which is related to the amount of traffic on the streets. One of their requirements is that we have the Westmont shuttle, which I'm confident costs us more than 100000 a year, but I believe it may even be like 150000 a year. And that's just one example of the additional costs that we have as a result of being here in Santa Barbara. And uh, I had one other thought. I think, I think the assumption in the question was that given that we have a sufficient amount of external resources in grants and gifts, and I guess I'd like to challenge that assumption, uh, I don't think that Westmont does have yet the sufficient level of, of external gifts that we need. And I think a, a relevant point ties back into what uh, Dr. Birch was saying about the campus master plan. As a relatively young institution, we have not yet completed the campus. We need to add some buildings. And because of the way that we operate our budget here, the cost of constructing new buildings does not come from the operating budget. So it doesn't come from, from tuition revenue. It comes from gifts, which Steve and his staff and the president raise. So we do need to do even more in that area so that we can raise uh, the funds that we need for buildings and for the endowment that uh, Dr. Gady mentioned that other schools have more of than we do. Let me just piggyback on that uh, question, not necessarily uh, with a comment about tuition specifically, but I was struck in reading the Horizon the other day, a past uh, issue dealing with costs, and I was reminded that that um, we have a fairly significant ongoing maintenance problem here. Uh, we inherited this wonderful old estate, and then during very early years when the college moved here, we were about the business of constructing 
buildings to accommodate our, our academic program. But those buildings were constructed, uh, one might say, on the, on the cheap. We really had to get buildings up simply to put people in and to teach classes. And after a significant number of years of use of those buildings, which really were not built the way that one would like to be able to build it, simply because we couldn't afford to do it at that time, we have ongoing maintenance problems just to keep those buildings operable that probably exceed most institutions who have been around significantly longer than we. That's an added drain on the yearly operating budget. We'd love to be able to either address the issue of reducing tuition, address the issue of increasing student financial aid, or to simply uh, uh, be able to put more money into endowment and save a greater number of our resources. But I'm struck every year, uh, in the few years that I've been here, with an inordinate number of, of projects and things that we simply have to put in just to keep these facilities operable. This is one of the better buildings that we have, by the way. Uh, this was constructed a bit later on uh, in the college history. But you're uh, looking at the Kerr Student Center and a number of other facilities uh, that we have. We just have to spend more than, than we would like to be spending uh, on ongoing maintenance. We hope we're at a point in time now that we can be much more cost efficient in constructing our buildings and, and furbishing our buildings so that uh, we won't have that as a major drain on our operating budget in the future. Other questions? Yes. The question is, are there track facilities in the master plan? Uh, answer is yes. Uh, uh, that uh, is part of the uh, uh, master plan process. We would like to uh, provide some improvements uh, with, the, uh, with the track and with seating uh, at the track. And that reminds me also, there is a number, uh, a number of students who have expressed interest in lighting, better lighting of the track. I, I have to come back to this issue of this conditional use permit under which we operate. We have a real problem uh, with the lighting issue. Uh, we're, we're in this rarefied Montecito air up here in, in the mountains. And uh, uh, while we have wonderful, wonderful neighbors who are quite supportive, these are also people who have chosen to live up here for specific reasons of privacy. They like to be away. They don't like a lot of things that might be associated with, uh, with a much more urban environment. And so we, we have some limitations on the amount of lighting that we can, we can have here, just as we have restrictions on sound amplification. We, we are permitted only a certain number of times that we can use amplified sound outdoors, and then we have to go back to the county and seek permission to go beyond that number. Similarly with lighting. And uh, so we, we have a major problem in lighting the track, believe it or not. And uh, uh, we are looking, however, at the lighting issue uh, in its totality across the campus, trying to, to develop a lighting system that will be more downward in its focus. And there are now ways that you can, you can do that that were not available to us a number of years ago. Most lighting reflects upward, and we can't do that within our, within our neighborhood. So a long answer to your short question, but the answer is yes. Track, uh, track and field facilities are in the master plan, the improvement of that. Person next to Andy.
I feel that there are so many um, opportunities that really are available. I think it's something that each person needs to decide that they will not um, remain um, isolated and on this on this hill. I see two things actually that goes on when I think of Westmont. Part of what I do love about this place is the fact that we are up in the hills and that we are withdrawn in some ways because I think that some of the best learning happens when we have a chance to reflect and have a chance to ponder and have a chance to be pulling ourselves away. When you think of um, the times that you would go to a, a summer camp and you're up in the mountains and you feel that you have reflected in deeper ways about things of your walk with Christ or of who you want to be in your life. And so sometimes when I think of our location up here, I really do see that as as one of the benefits of coming to Westmont is that when you come here, um, I think that there is something about this place that calls you to a deeper kind of reflection about yourself and and what you want to be with your life. And because you're in, this is a college, not a camp, there's also so much that is happening in terms of trying to really focus on, on these, the studies that you're having, the academic program. And to really have time to do that is something that I think is really important. Uh, on the other hand, I also believe that I, I, Jonathan, I appreciate what you're saying because I think that an education without a, a knowledge of how to apply that or a, a way of living that out in service is something that becomes empty. And, uh, so to, uh, but I really do believe that there are a lot of opportunities for that. And, uh, it's more individual choices. And I would challenge you to be looking at different ways to be doing that, whether it is through structured things such as our Christian Concerns, um, ministries, or whether it's, you know, individuals who would just care to become involved, um, in the Santa Barbara community. I would challenge you to be doing things like watching the news and reading the newspapers and not letting yourself become so isolated up here that you don't even know what's going on um, in the news. Sometimes I'm really um, saddened by some comments that students make where I realize that, yeah, you don't even read the newspaper or watch the news to even know what else is going on. And um, so I would challenge you in those kinds of ways. I'm sure that, Stan, would you have? Well, the only thing I would add is that... um Clearly an important ingredient, I think, in a Westmont education are, are the off-campus programs. And uh, I think one of the ways to, to defeat that sense of, of the womb, if you will, uh, is to get out of here for a period of time in a whole array of off-campus programs that can take you all around the world. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that students who are involved in off-campus programs come back with a larger perspective and actually appreciate what's here. Uh, more, but they can do so in a critical way that I think wasn't possible before. So we emphasize off-campus programs and those opportunities precisely so that students will have more than the Montecito campus in their four-year experience. And I would encourage you to, to think about that. This is the time. You're sophomores, right? Yeah, this is the time to give that some thought because the junior year is typically the year that's the easiest to... to uh, to, to work in an off-campus experience. Um, and, and there are lots of great opportunities, and we are working to expand those right now. Giovanni. Hey, my name is Giovanni. Um, I, regarding the off-campus programs, it seems like the more popular ones, um, they're limited. Um, they're offered only once, less, for instance, a year semester, maybe just one semester a year. And the English semester, 
Yeah, good good question. He said the most popular programs are limited. That's, that's why they're limited, because they're the, they're the most popular. The, the other problem with them is they're exp expensive. Um, they require additional resources. What we're working on right now is uh, to develop more off-campus programs, which are not going to cost an additional amount beyond the tuition, room, and board. Um, and that's that's an effort that's currently uh, going under underway right now. I think that's exactly what we need. Well, I notice that we're at the end of our time. Uh, we will be up here and uh, happy to engage in any conversations individually with you. But as we go, let me uh, just close in prayer. Father, we do thank you for the privilege of being a part of, of this college. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us, the beauty of this place and the, um, the, the enthusiasm of the faculty and the uh, ways in which um, there are so many um, times where we sense your presence with us when we are on this, uh, at this place. And Father, we do pray for these students here as they uh, leave chapel going on to uh, tests and other things that are heavy on their minds right now. We would ask that you would be close to them surround them with your presence. We uh, ask that this year might be a year that uh, they have a greater sense of you uh, through the work that they do in the classroom, as well as through the relationships that they experience and the service that they are involved with. So we give you thanks and commit them anew to you in your name. Amen. Thank you very much.